What's going on, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Lombard Trucking Show. We're at episode 55, and I want to start off by giving a nice shout-out to my good friend Reed over there at Lost Freight, as well as Justin from Freight Waves, and uh, my basically mentor now, Gord McGill, on roping me in on all that is trucking Twitter, because uh, they introduced me to today's guest, who uh, is a big, uh, big voice out there in trucking Twitter, and has been my funniest uh, follow on Twitter, probably to date. So without any further delay, I want to welcome to the show, uh, Mr. Quincy Johnson. Hey, 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 how's everybody doing? How you doing? Thank you for having hey, me. Hey, man, welcome to the show. Glad you're here. I got your name right, right? Yes, you did. All right, perfect. And we're going to get into what your name says on the screen here later on in the episode, because that's that's a factor of what makes you so funny. But uh, really appreciate you coming on. I noticed on Twitter you were talking about you recently celebrated your anniversary of getting into this the industry, and it's it seems like a really good story. And uh, yeah, man, tell tell us tell tell the listeners what's your life story. Not a problem. Well, <clears throat> let's just say uh, before I started trucking, I was just wasting life away. I mean, I was working hard. Nobody could ever accuse me of being lazy. Not even my enemies, but I didn't do anything past the work. Spent the money as soon as I made it. Never, you know, saved up a dollar. All of it went towards, you know, food, bills, drugs, alcohol, whatever. And um, I remember 2013, <clears throat> I'm watching um, Fox Business. There's a gentleman on there, um, Charles Payne. Um, and uh, him and his round table were going on and on and on about how, you know, America needs truck drivers. You need drivers, 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 drivers. Money, 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 money. But you got to pass a drug test. And I, as I'm sitting there smoking weed, I'm just like, all right, man, maybe I'll give it a chance. Damn it. Right. And I actually sent him a tweet like, hey, man, listen, dog. It's my last joint. I'm going to put it out. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to give myself a, a five-year plan to either be a welder or a truck driver. Okay. That was September 2000 and uh, of that year, everything. Uh, fast forward to October that same year. I'm listening to um, the uh, Michael Brown show. I don't know if you know who Michael Brown is, do you? Uh, I'm not sure. I haven't heard of him. If he, I, uh, um, is, he, is he, he a trucker too? No, 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 no. Uh, he was the, the uh, undersecretary or the director for FEMA when, uh, when that – Hurricane in New Orleans hit back in the day. Oh, for Katrina? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> he uh he was in Denver. Uh he uh, he has a talk show, still does. Back then we followed each other on Twitter. And uh it's a it's 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 a Friday afternoon and I'm listening to his show, still smoking, and um it comes my time to be on the air. He's like, hey, is this that damn Quincy Les Baby Dudes from Twitter? I'm like, yeah. He's like, what are you doing in uh, Texas? I'm like, man, I'm, I'm saving up money so I can either go to truck driving school or be a welder. So he puts me on hold. And um, literally, <clears throat> the next caller was like, hey, look, I must have called him at the right time. This must have been divine intervention. Um, my name is Mike. I own a truck driving school right outside of Denver. Shout out, man, Quincy. If we can find a way up here, we'll pay for his, uh, his training and get him a job as a truck driver. 
And uh, yeah, I've been, it's been all like Donkey Kong ever since, you know? Man, that's uh, so this is a radio, this is a radio show you were listening to. Like, it was a podcast or like an XM radio show? No, no, no. It was an actual local Denver radio show I was listening to on, on uh, my, my, uh, my phone and whatnot. And I uh, decided to call in because, again, it was Friday afternoon, just off work. I didn't have a damn thing anything else planned on. I was like, let me just call in, talk, uh, talk to him for a second. And uh, ended up with an opportunity that changed my life forever, you know? That's all, so you at the time, so you're originally from Texas. You were down. No, there. no, no. Um, I'm originally from from Detroit. At that time, I was just living in uh, in, in Texas, uh, living not not even check to check, day to day, uh, parking cars, washing dishes, part time bouncer, no real direction whatsoever. I'm just out there taking up space and you know smoking. More weed than I care to admit. You know what I mean? And uh, like I said, this opportunity fell into my lap. That happened on a Friday. Uh, that Tuesday, I was on a plane from Austin to Denver going to training. And here we are now, eight years later. I just celebrated my anniversary a couple weeks ago, eight years in. And I love it. Even on the bad days, I love it. No, that's that's true. Even on the bad days, there 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 have been times. Yeah, I, I think about it being on. I remember I was tightening a hose clamp in the pouring rain off of thirty five, right in Ardmore, Oklahoma, because uh, coolant was leaking, and I was like, "This is way this way beats up sitting behind some fucking desk running reports." You're absolutely right. Even on the bad days. Yeah, so you, I, I and now just like it's better than breaking up a bar fight. Tell you that much. Oh yeah, man. I, I spent, when I was a, I used to be a bigger gentleman, uh, heavier and I, I worked security at a bar in New Haven and yeah, I've had to kick out, uh, probably the worst story was, yeah, I had to kick out this, um, Saudi Arabian dude. Cause he was uh, beaten off, uh, on this couch. Just, yeah. Uh, yeah Drop trowel. He was just beat. Yeah. Beat, beaten off. And me, wow. and this dude, me and this dude, Eric, we didn't want to touch him. Uh, like we, yeah, we didn't want to touch this guy, but we had to kick him out somehow. And we were like, Oh, uh, the way we were kicking him out was so funny. But yeah, and then we threw him out. We tell the cops, yo, this guy was jerking off. And the cops are like, I don't want to fucking deal with him. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm glad to not be dealing with that. So you go to school in Denver. This guy covers it for you. Where'd you, he covers your school. Where'd you, uh, where'd you start driving for? You know what? The first place, which I don't like to admit it, but it is what it is, man. FM Western Express. They're the first people to, uh, to, to call me back. You know, and, and my dumb, naive ass went there. They actually fired me about about um, two days after I finished my training. And I use training in quotation marks with regards to them. And I always will. Um, because when I was backing up uh, at the yard, I hit a, another truck. So they put me on a bus back to... Um, Back to uh to um to um the Austin and whatnot, and uh, you know I'm I'm glad they did. I'm glad that what happened happened because Western Express showed me how not to be a truck driver. Most definitely. Um, I don't know if they still have this rule in place now, but when I was there, if you drove for Western Express for three months with no accidents. You could be a trainer 
regardless of how long you've been driving a truck before those 90 days. Like my trainer, I've been driving less than a year, but he was a trainer. That's yeah. that's just not good. You know, it's like I'm not I'm not a fan of like putting drivers as trainers when they got, you know, barely a year in. Like me me personally, I think it should be a five year minimum before you can even be considered to be a trainer. And even then, your record better be spotless. No speeding tickets, re- uh, reckless driving, none of that crap, you know. It's it's uh it's freaking wild out here. So I left there, went to uh Voyager Express, which is uh based out of uh Colorado and Denver, and got trained the right way, you know what I mean? Uh I stayed there for about two, two and a half years. Uh that was regional, basically going uh Denver to California and back. Got to learn how to drive over, over the Rockies. And everything got to learn how to drive over Donner Pass, going through Wyoming and whatnot. Then I moved to Atlanta because I met a woman. Tried doing local work, that didn't work. So I went back over the road uh, doing um, LTL freight. Basically jumped around from LTL to double tankers, the flatbed. I've been at my current job now uh, all together three years. There was a, a two-month period when I went to work for this guy as a lease operator, and he screwed me with my pants on. So I uh, left, and thankfully my job took me back. Was it was that out of Chicago? No, actually. It was out of uh, Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, I don't even think that that trucking company is even around still because, boy, when I say it was the very definition of outlaw trucking, yeesh. No, I've, I've, you're, you're not the first person I've talked to who's, who's fallen victim to that. I'm going to have a kid on. I met him. He's a younger kid, too. I'm going to have him on the show soon. He got screwed over by this guy out of Chicago, Russian, Ukrainian dude. I, I don't know what he was, but same thing. Yeah, at least, the, you know, the truck, like he was paid $10.99. It just, he ended up not getting paid. The guy, yeah, the company's not around anymore. Pretty sure they, yeah, they seized all the assets and, and shit. He's still waiting on, like, settlement money. There's a lot of that going on. Uh, in the industry, I don't think people realize that. Um, but that's you know. So you're you're what you, you're you're a company driver now. Yes, I'm a company oh, okay. driver. I rather not say who I work for. It's a small company out of Denver, and everything. I mean, when I say small, it might be 20, 25 drivers total. Uh, but we run all over the uh, the uh, continental U.S. No, that's awesome, man. Hey, yeah, no, no, no worries if you don't want to tell tell people who who you're driving for. You know, we the, there's two things I like to do on the show. I do like to promote good companies because obviously, but and then I like to talk about the bad ones. And really, you mentioning Western Express and you mentioning that has everything to do with you know why I'm trying to pump out more episodes to talk about that problem with with training with new drivers. You know, Gord calls it the CDL milling factory. You know, that's what's that's what's making things a lot worse out here. Is the, the turn and like yeah, Western Express is three months. I don't doubt it. Western Express is Express is noted as the, the a second chance company. Uh, yeah, I started with Pam Transport, and you just needed six months of like accident free, and you could be a trainer. Like Jesus. six months. Yeah, at six months. There's no way I could have taken somebody. And even though I, you know, I'm old, you know I'm 33. Like there's no way I could have taken somebody. Even at I was still you know 30 then. Like I couldn't have taken somebody and. and 
trained him. I didn't know shit. I still don't know shit. You know, I even now, like running, I'm pulling oversized, you know, over height. I still don't feel confident, you know, taking somebody with me and, you know, and then having them go out on their own. I don't know. I still need a few more years for that. Oh, but that listen, I get it. Uh, my mentor told me, listen, the day you think you know everything there is in about trucking, that's the day that you need to turn your keys in and stop being a truck driver because you are constantly learning new stuff on the road every single day. And he's right about that. And when he told me that he had, he had about 30 years in the game, and he was just like, yeah, uh, I still consider myself a rookie. I'm still learning things out here. I'm constantly learning stuff. You know what I'm saying? No day is the same. Even if you're doing a dedicated local route, and no day will ever be the same as the next day or the last day, you know? So you start thinking that you know everything about trucking, it's time to be something else, you know? It's yeah. time to be something else. Yeah, you couldn't you couldn't be any more right. I did I was doing Walmart dedicated when I was with Pam and I essentially didn't leave Texas for a while. So I've got to see the whole whole state and learn the whole state. And even then, like I did I've probably been to every Walmart and Sam's Club around the Dallas Fort Worth area. And there's just no way you can never prepare like you can never know it all when it comes to going around like the Metroplex, no matter how much I would take every every highway, every you know, loop every toll road, every side road, all this stuff. I learned so much about the Metroplex, just the way people drive. You could do it for 30 years and something that you're going to learn something new driving, driving through just that one area. Yeah, man. You know what? I uh, think about a fitness, um, uh, Stevens transport, um, is one where all it takes is one year of driving and you can be, uh, training people after that. I'm just like, all right, man. I mean, at least it's a year, but still, like, I don't think that's enough to be considered a trainer, like, at all. Like, I don't know. I don't know. No, neither do I. And the the reason why it's like that, and for any but for any of the non-drivers who listen, it's because the turnover is so high at those companies. They don't have drivers. They don't have enough drivers who stay there longer than a year, who are willing to do that job. Uh, because odds are, because any of the experienced drivers end up finding a company like the one you're driving for now, they buy their own trucks, or they end up going into a specialized uh, area of freight, like, you know, flatbed or doing cattle hauling, wh whatever it may be, like, they don't have it. And then the people who do end up staying there, you, you can't force them to be a trainer. Like, I like, I don't want to be a trainer, because I don't want to live. I heard some, I heard a story that my trainer at Pam, I still keep in touch with him. He wasn't a bad dude at all. He told me about kids he had with him. He had this dude who would like sleep fucking butt naked in the top rack with his ass hanging out. <laughs> Jesus. He's like, I had this guy. Yeah, he's like, he's like, man, I woke up one morning and his, I stood up and his fucking ass was in my face. I was like, yeah. <laughs> now listen, like, once you get out of training in your own truck, do what you feel, man. But if you're if you're in training, man, let me have your ass on. Oh my god, that's 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 wild. Yeah, no, that's wild shit. So you're working for a good company now. What's it? You yes. said you said you had a five year plan. You you uh you, you you've accomplished your five year plan. What's you know what's the future looking like for you? Okay, the future is I have just hit year one of five five more years living in the truck. Um, I I, I would hit three years 
of living in a truck um, in June and everything. But uh, once once my company uh, I'm with now took me back in March, I said, listen, you're going to live in this truck for five years. You're going to make money, save money. After that five years, you're going to take a good hard look at buying some land uh, somewhere in a state where you can get the most bang for your buck. And I know eight years total may seem like a lot, but uh, I have a Canadian couple uh, who um, they actually just turned in their keys after like what, 20, 25 years of trucking. They spent nine years living in the truck. No RV, no nothing, just living in the truck. I figure, you know, if a married couple can live that close for nine years and not murder each other in their sleep, I can definitely do it on my own for like, you know, eight years. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, without a doubt. So, okay, so right now you're not, so you're not paying rent anywhere. You don't have like a, a home base. Uh, Denver technically is my home base. Um, I mean, I, I, I am, I am a kept band now. So if I'm, if I'm in Denver for 34, I got an actual bed and a hot meal waiting for me. But yeah, uh, my meal comes to my job. You know what I'm saying? The only bills I have are various, uh, various apps on my phone and food and drink, obviously. That's it. Everything else is either saving or gold or silver or, you know, guns and ammo. Yeah, just yeah, just uh, uh, what's it called? In investments. No, this is actually. I'm glad you bring this up because I, I actually would say. I mean, I've told a lot of people like, man, if I, yeah, if I was single, because I'm married, but if I was single, I definitely would just. I wouldn't pay any rent. I'd have no. I'd have keep as little bills as possible, and I would just stack money because you're absolutely right. This actually is a job where if you do it for ten years straight, OTR, whatever it may be, and you don't have a car payment, rent, car insurance, like. Think about what that is per month for people. You figure a car payment it could be four hundred, car insurance could be two hundred, and then rent is a thousand. I mean, imagine imagine having just say on a high end two thousand extra dollars a month. You're not just throwing away in bills, and you just stack two thousand dollars a month for ten years. Yeah, you could fi figure stuff out, but for that, so for anybody listening, if you're a single guy or gal out there, this is a good way to do it. If you're looking for early retirement. Or yeah, getting land so you can hang out. Yeah, I like yes, that. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I was thinking, I was thinking land or a truck. I settled on land because, well, they're making new trucks. They're they ain't making new land. So uh, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Land, and I honestly, I've had a few people tell me to go to Walmart. Honestly, I'd be taking a pay cut if I went to Walmart, and that, and that's no, that is no dis. You know, I'm saying a Walmart is just, I know for a fact, Walmart will not let you live in their trucks. So, yeah. so right off the bat, I, I got to find a place to, to stay at, pay rent and bills. I got to buy a car to get to and from work, you know. Nah, nah, nah. That's, yeah. uh, can't see it. Now, having said all that, if somebody else wants to go to Walmart, yo, I've got, I've got two people who work there now. They say it's the easiest damn trucking gig you're ever going to have easy 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 money you know yeah. it's it, it is like i said i pulled that i did that walmart dedicated running out of new Braunfels. i live just south of austin and so okay. I, was, I was pulling out of new Braunfels, and that job 
is so like yeah you're right besides the as a walmart driver they do what's called the slip seating yeah when you when you go home for a, a reset you get like the truck goes and then somebody else gets in that truck and you're in a, a truck the next week so that yeah that's why you can't do that but man yeah it's just you check into the dc you go up there give them your number they'll come back they give you a trip hey go find this trailer bring it to this store grab it empty go to this customer it's just like so it's just drop and hook cut and dry and it's yeah they leave you alone it's it's awesome yeah and if you're a walmart driver it's probably even even better i agree so that's that's good that that uh you you give uh that you're that even walmart can't even compete with what you're doing are you running regular drive van yes oh okay. i'm just doing regular drive van and you know what uh i'm not this is this is not me bragging this is just me saying like you can get money if you put the work in i cracked over a hundred grand barely like one-on-one and change but i grossed over 100 last year as a company driver and i did not even work the first two months of the year so so it can be done you just gotta bring your ass up for it that's all and i get it trucking's not for everybody because uh you're gonna be missing a lot of birthdays holidays anniversaries i get it i get it at the same time though you know sometimes you gotta sacrifice a little bit in the front end to enjoy in the back end pause <laughs> yeah no you're, you're absolutely right man i haven't yeah i haven't seen my house in over a month since uh february but um yeah there's there's money coming in there's good there's good loads i'm able to get uh that's that's the price you pay of trucking like yeah you're not home every you know you're not home every night and stuff like that you mentioned trying to do a local job that's the thing with locals there's a lot of guys who Oh man, I got to get this local. I got to do this thing. I'm going to go work for this. These local jobs, man. It's like you're working more. You work more doing a local gig than you do over the road. And when you're home, you're just sleeping. Now, I will say I do know some local fuel haulers, uh, one in Jacksonville, one in Philly. Uh, they're, they're getting their money. They are getting there. Oh, and another one who just started in Texas. You know, both of them are making you know about a good four to six hundred. You know, what I'm saying a day doing the loads and everything. So depending on which city you're in, you know, you could you, you could haul um, fuel to gas stations and get some money. Local driving, eh, not so much. But like I said, hazmat fuel tankers. You can do that, you know. Yeah, that's that's where it's at, especially in a place like Texas. Yeah, doing anything fuel or moving fuel like that or, or liquids. Yeah, that's where it's at. Yeah, doing local like those Coke and Pepsi jobs, especially the non-union ones, are definitely really tough. Yeah, I'm with it. I'm, yeah, I'm with like, you on honestly, that. If, I, if this was because um, it, it was a good solid two-year period where what was it um whatever that town was in north dakota they were jumping off texas is jumping off like dudes were just coming out there you know owner operators i look i got my own truck i sleep in my truck where the trailer's at let's go and was getting money but that crap dried up i'm just like all right what next you know what next yeah yeah, I remember that. I, I remember. Yeah, no, I'm here. I remember when the North Dakota stuff was popping off, 
And yeah, that was, there was a big money grab on that. It's still like, I mean, what's crazy. Yeah. I talked to a lot of guys who they do the oil field stuff in West Texas, but some of them are like, Hey, some of them will be like, Hey, come out here. There's a lot of money. And then the other half of them are like, Hey, if you come out here, you're going to sit for 12 hours. Like the money's like, you'll make more money by doing something else. So, so yeah, it's sometimes it, it's based off of markets. Now, um, one thing I want to ask you, so how's, how's parking going on your end? What do you, what do you got to say about truck parking? You know what? Uh, I, I will say that that is the biggest issue facing truck drivers today, even more so than a warehouse wasting your time by taking five, six, seven hours to load you or unload you. Um, my suggestion is what I do anytime I'm driving, if I see, you know, a big warehouse that doesn't have a gate around it or a big vacant lot or some abandoned building, I'm pulling up my phone, I'm getting on Google Maps, I'm dropping the pin, you know what I mean? Like, hey, uh, super sugar parking at this spot here, exit so-and-so in Wyoming or something like that. You know, I'm constantly marking parking spots where I can park at. Me personally... I'll park anywhere, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I really, I, I've done my fair share of taking a 35 reset on the side of the road. I don't care. That's just me. Some people might not want to do that, and I get it. Some people might say, you know, I want to do my 34 at home. I'm at the truck stop or the rest area. Me, I just don't do a flying flight. I'm just, you know, whatever, you know. Um, but I would say, yeah, uh, if you're out and about, Make a note on Google Maps about, you know, oh, there's a vacant lot over there, or there's this really cool warehouse over here that doesn't mind, you know, if you park there um, overnight. Or here's some street parking in the industrial area in Salt Lake City where nobody's going to message you or anything like that, you know? Yeah. They're out okay. there. But you got to go. For, yeah. But you got to go find it. Yeah. I'm with you. I've, yeah. I've spent, yeah, I bet. Yeah. I've been in a lot of lots. Yeah. Me. You know, you see, I'm always working out and stuff. So I always want to shower. I just had my my other friend. I just had another gentleman on Euros. He He's like you. He'll go anywhere. And he's like, I'll just baby wipe myself, man. I, I'll do the push ups. He'll do the work. He just baby wipes. It's like, yeah, like you. He runs. Um, I mean, he still runs paper logs. I don't think you're running. I don't think you're running paper, but he runs paper. So he drives at night. He's doing all this stuff. How is he running paper logs? That's oh. that's what I want to know. Oh yeah, he's got he's got a ninety nine, uh, three seventy nine. Oh. Yeah, with a ninety nine uh, Detroit engine in it. So he's uh, he's got himself. Yeah, he's a he's a rebel. He's he's a he's an outlaw. So good for him. Good yeah, for him. Exactly. And I, yeah. So and so okay. So parking's the th that's the thing. I always want to get it on there because that's the thing. Like I talk about parking because. That you know, the message seems to not be getting through to the right people. So it's just every single time I talk to a driver around here, I want like I want them to tell the truth on what it's like parking for them. And it's like people need to know. Okay. Yeah, motherfuckers need to know like you're parking in fucking abandoned lots, parking lots. For the most part, that's not safe. But hey, I mean, if I'm you and I run up on you, I'm probably not going to try to rob you. But if I run up on a man, woman, listen, I'd rob. Last her. count, that's kind of got like thirty-four knives in here, a big ass uh, machete. I had a couple of cutlass swords. Yeah, you probably just don't want to do all that. You know, um, I would say as far as parking in and around major cities, there are some cities I refuse to park at. Memphis is one of them. I just don't do that. <laughs> never have, never will. 
I've heard too many horror stories. No thanks. Dude, I have parked on the side of the road in Compton before before I would ever even think about parking in Memphis. And as far as, you know, uh, bigger cities like, say, L.A. or Houston, I would try to plan it so that you can get there early and get out early so that you don't have to worry about parking. Um, like normal times uh, when I got to go to L.A., I need to park in, in Barstore or somewhere closer. Uh, I have a little hiding spot in Azusa and just uh, get there mid-afternoon, wake up super early the uh, day of, drop myself, get my back call, and get the hell on out of there, you know? Yeah, that, that's the only way to do it. I would do the same thing. I, I've stayed in Barstow a bunch before I ever, yeah, get caught, like, somewhere. Because, yeah, if you're not at that TA in Ontario, California – and you're trying to park anywhere else, you, yeah, you're definitely screwed. I, I like that you bring that up about Memphis. People need to know. Yeah, if you stay in Memphis like that, you're, you're, you're basically asking for it. I hate to victim blame, but you stay in Memphis, you're, you're fucking asking um, for it. And Laredo, Texas is another one that I don't park at. Um, I had a delivery there. I, I parked 40 miles north of Laredo at a rest area, went in that morning, dropped off, Got my back all, got the hell out of there. Um, my mentor stayed at that TA in Laredo. <clears throat> Woke up, they had sold his pigtail and his uh, trailer lights, all of them. Yeah, at the the TA right uh, right across from the Flying J in in Laredo. Yep. That 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 exact one. You know, I don't know if you've heard this, but it's this is true. And I learned this when I start when I leased my truck on with Warren. Is, is so I'm not allowed to stay there overnight. They don't let uh, their drivers say their owner ops stay there and apparently a lot of it has to do with yeah it's estimated three to four people per night disappear disappear from there the um the uh the dallas ta off uh bonnie view and the pilot i don't go there anymore because i heard stories about them yeah, yeah I've, stayed I mean, that, so. I've stayed at that TA. I've heard the pilot does have like prostitution and that it's a lot of them are human trafficking victims. But that TA in Dallas is fenced in. I know it's right off 20. You're talking about that one? Yep. 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 Yeah. It's not, it's definitely not a, the greatest area in the world, but the TA is fenced in. But yeah, the pilot is definitely more, way more sketchy. But uh, yeah, so, man, what's that? I say, yeah, I, I, I've never been to that pilot and God willing, never will. Huh. Yeah, no, that's good. That's I'm I'm glad you bring that up about parking. Every people need to know that. Yeah, that's that's even for anything. I talked to that you know this kid Jesse who works for Oregon Truck Lines. He does flatbed. He loves trucking, loves his company, loves everything about it. And he's just like, man, we were talking offline after. He's just like, dude, it is one thing that will like really get on my nerves. It's, it's the only thing that gets on my nerves is the fucking parking thing. But mate, you just speaking of parking, you just mentioned shit. What you got a fucking armory in that truck? I, like I said, I bought a good 37 knives and various lengths. I've got one Hassan chop blade that's about a good, the blade itself is like 12 inches. The handle is like another three or four and everything. Uh, and bear in mind, um, once, you know, I shut down for the night, you knock on my door, you're getting a naked black man uh, in your face wearing a bonnet and with a knife. Like, what do you want? <laughs> What do you want? <laughs> uh-uh. No, I that love it, usually yeah. deters them away. As a matter of fact, um, 
uh, freaking two weeks ago. I'm on, um, uh, where the hell was I? Wait a minute. Yeah, I was on I-20, uh, going, um, going away from Midland at a delivery in Torsell, all right? And it just did like 700-some-odd miles. And I went to sleep. All of a sudden, don't, don't, don't. Don't, don't, don't. I wasn't going to answer the door. But they knocked like six more damn times. Oh, God. So, yeah, I get up. Like you said, negative as a jaybird. With the big machete and my bonnet. It's some damn uh, fat lady. I run on I'm just like, can I help you? But normally I don't do this. Let me stop you right there. I don't have any money. And even if I did, I'm 47 years old. My days of paying for coochie are behind me. Go away. Don't knock on my door again. And she, and she didn't. Yeah. So, you, yeah, you got the notorious knock. I've gotten a couple of those knocks in uh, West Virginia at the, and the Petro in Oklahoma City. That's where I've gotten the knock. So, but, yeah, West Texas probably just as – just as sketchy. I yeah. was shocked that it, I'm like, in, I'm like in lot, of all places, West Texas, like where the money flows like oil, but all right, whatever, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> this dude was just telling me, I was with this, I, I met this driver yesterday. He was telling me that he was up by Worcester, Massachusetts uh, a couple of years ago. This is probably like 10, 15 years ago. And it was around Christmas time. And he said this like uh, per- Peruvian woman uh, basically just like, Cause he was going to be stuck there over Christmas. And yeah, she just like uh, suckered him in. Um, he bought her, he ended up buying her like a bunch of, he ended up buying her like a purse and all this stuff. And I guess like come to find out, like that's what her and her mom both do is they just prey on single truck drivers around the holidays, <laughs> knowing that they're going to be alone. And this is, a, this is up by, by Worcester mass. So and yeah, damn all that, bro. Like again, I've I've paid for more than my first year of coops. I ain't got to do that no more. And, and, you know, even if I was, you know what I'm saying, single or whatnot, I got a perfectly good left hand. I'm not – that is free, by the way. I don't need you. Go away. Yeah. Like, I don't know you. I don't want to catch something that I can't throw back. Like, nah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. No, thank you. Yeah, you you age out of those things uh, relatively quick. Exactly. You 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 you're on a fucking five year plan. You're saving money. That you have better places to put your money than on some, you know, someone who's essentially worthless in, in a way. When you think about it, if you're looking at it that way. I mean, let's be honest with it. Like, if all you got to offer is a mouth or a hole, nah, I'm good. No thanks. No thanks. Yeah, I'm with you. So let's let let's go into so you're you, if, for the people who who aren't who are listening not watching, uh, Quincy's name on the video it says Quincy loves BBWs and that's probably the funniest part about his Twitter profile is what's your Twitter name? Oh, it's at not a BBW lover. I do love them. I'm just trying to throw out the freaking algorithms so I don't get kicked off of Twitter yet again. So I put at not a BBW lover. And then the first line of my bio, psych I lied, I love BBWs. And I do. <laughs> Ladies. That's the best. I think that's the best part about your like about your profile is your name's not BBW and it's psych. Yes, I do. Yeah, psych I lied. I love BBWs. So I don't know you're, big mama Gertrude. Huh. 
So you were you were kicked off Twitter. So was your original name Quincy Loves BBWs, and you were kicked off Twitter? Yes, man. This is like my twelfth or thirteenth account, I think. Right to be honest with you. Okay, so you're <laughs> you're a cage rattler. I, I got to hear this. So what what got you kicked off? Man, what hasn't got me kicked off? Let's see here. Uh, calling people out their name. Uh, I told one dude that he threw a shotgun one time. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, I called Bill Maher the N-word like twice. Um, there's a variety of things, man. It's like you know. I mean, honestly, if uh, if if, if I'm being honest with it. There's a lot of people who have gotten me suspended because I don't fit their narrative of how a black man should act. I'm just like, well, who made you to end up being all about that? Screw you, I'm me, you know? So that had a lot to do with it. Other times I was just talking wild and crazy, you know what I'm saying? Just talking wild and crazy. So, I mean, it's what it is. Uh, I've got people who can make accounts. For me again, I'm not saying that I need Twitter, but it's nice to have. I've definitely learned a lot from people on Twitter, especially trucking Twitter, with regards to driving a truck, being about a truck driver, finding out about routes and everything. Because I remember the first time I had to go to Brooklyn, I was shitting bricks. I'd never been there before. I seen way too many YouTube videos of trucks stuck on the bridges, and I didn't want that to be me. You know what I'm saying? So I, I've definitely learned a lot. Off of Twitter, I'm like to stay on there for a while longer. Yeah, no, that's uh, on channel 19. Somebody gave me the, the the handle of Twitter when I was on uh, 81, shut down in a snowstorm. I I go to whenever I've been shut down behind a fatality or whatever it may be, I'll go to Twitter and like read the local news. And I was talking to a guy on the CB radio, and I was telling him, "Hey, I'm reading this on Twitter," and he didn't know my name. And he goes, and he goes, you know, he's like, "Hey, you." He goes. Uh, I'm going to call you Twitter. And that was like the first time I ever gotten a CB handle. So yeah, I know for information, it's definitely better to better to have. I, I like what you said. You didn't fit people's narrative of what it meant. And, and I, it is funny because the people who it's always, it's always white saviors, white people, saviors who try oh, to they, they, they want to dictate who you're supposed to be. Yeah, because ding, 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 ding. Yeah, they want to <laughs> come in and save you because you need rescuing, apparently, according to them. That's the crazy part. They think that without their help, I can't be successful. Bitch, please. Okay, first and foremost, first of all, I didn't ask for your damn help, Barbara. You know what I'm saying? Secondly, if I do need your help, I'm already a lost cause. Leave me alone. Okay, go away. No, 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 man. It's, 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 yeah, dude, it's, it's, it's wild. Both sides do it. That's why I don't put no faith in that. One of them, one side sees me as a pawn, other side sees me as a puppet. And I'm just sitting there just like, screw the both of you. I'm going to hit my numbers regardless. Yeah, man, they, you, you, I couldn't agree with you more on that. Yeah, it's crazy how, and neither side like seems to see that. Like one side truly believes that like they care the most about you know this type of community they care like they care so much yet if they cared so much then why are there still all these problems and then the other side they is care until you disagree with them then it's how dare you talk like that after all we did for you people like what okay 
Oh, is that what you did it for? Yeah, is that what you did it for? So I could, so you'll always, yeah, so we'll always just un, unwillingly do what you say. Yeah, it's, it's funny how that winds up. It, and I think there was one, I saw you, some people were roasting you for something. And, uh, you know, I, I might get canceled for this myself, but, the, but the, for talking about it, but this was one of the funniest things I ever read. I was actually crying in my truck when I read the tweet, but <laughs> because some, because a bunch of people I think were quoting your response, but some guy, had tweeted something that he said he was going to use. He said he wanted to use his uh, one, word one, pass. Yeah, yeah, his once a year N word pass, and he wanted and he wanted to say it against uh, the I think the president of Ukraine, and, yep. and like because we were giving him a bunch of money, and you responded to him saying uh, you responded to him like agreeing with it. You were like, "Well done." <laughs> yeah, well done, man. Yeah, and boy, yeah, I call him, but I'm just like, whatever. First of all, first of all, I never gave him a pass. We were just bullshitting around. He's never said that word once. But I was going along with it because, well, I like chaos. You know what I mean? And yet they were mad at me. I'm just like, I'm gone, whatever, whatever. It's like, one, it's Twitter. None of y'all are going to pop up in my face and do anything about it. And if you do, bring a goddamn lunch. You're going to need it. Secondly, it's Twitter. Stop being so damn. What happened to racial humor? Like, how did we go from, you know, freaking the Jeffersons and Sam and Son and Archie Bunker to, oh, man, he giving out inward passes? You know what? What if I am? Whatever. Who cares? Yeah. What, what did it, it is cra- when I think about humor and comedy, you're right. Like, it, we had these sitcoms and people's justification, at least progressive justification, was, oh, that that's. It's because it was like uh, people were numb to its silence and now we need to be activists because it was actually wrong. And it's like, well, who dictates what's wrong? Because society deemed it was okay and funny. Like everybody else seemed to be running. Who, who eventually, how did it change paths? Like we know that owning humans is wrong and there's no justification for that. But for some- Y'all still did it. <laughs> yeah, pe- people still, yeah, people still did it at one point. But like when it comes to humor, you know, at what point does humor... You know, when, when does society change and when, what what's what can and cannot be funny anymore, which is funny that it's just a bunch of people were like, quote, tweeting your tweet and calling you a fraud and all this stuff. And that's when I saw it. I I fruit, like, sell out a coon, a house Negro. I'm just like, yeah, I don't even go back and forth with them anymore. Man, I guess wasting my time. They're going to believe what they're going to believe. So whatever, whatever. Yeah. What can you do <laughs> now? There is something in your bio and you don't have to talk about it if you want, but I'm only because like, I want to know what it is. You you say in your bio, I don't even know what the word is. Hotel. Yeah. What is that? Okay. Okay. Well, if you don't word literally, talking about it, I just want no, it's to cool, know. It's cool. It's cool. Uh, the word literally means at peace. Okay. Oh, but, but it, it's, uh, it, it's turned into like a movement. And let me give a shout out to Hotel Jesus and all the other hotels out there. Honestly, you can interpret it however you want. It's like my uh, interpretation of what it means to be a hotel is different from his. It's different from the next guy. For me, being a hotel is all about personal responsibility and holding yourself accountable for your words, your thoughts, and your actions, be it good, bad, or ugly. 
if you're one of them people that are always blaming others for situations that you put yourself in, you're basically saying that you don't control your own life. And uh, that's just no way to live. So for me, what's our personal responsibility? Making sure the mind is right, the health is right, the wealth is right, not dealing in any foolishness or tomfoolery, or at the very least, keep it to the to the very minimum that you can. Nah. You know what? Short story, be the best version of you that you can be. That's my version of being a hotel. Yes, in a hotel, you might get something completely different. And that's okay. That's okay. Yeah, that's life. No, I, I like that. And I couldn't agree with that more. The blame game, yeah, we could we could play the blame game all we want and we could talk about uh this happened 10 years ago or who i was yesterday or i mean we could talk about something from a thousand years ago you know we could always blame history for everything like that but what we you know what's in your control like people, exactly people, yeah like what what can you control right now what's what's the story you want to write do you you know do you want to write this at the end of your life do you want them to write the story oh so and so couldn't do this because he said it was because of xyz that happened before him or so and so died trying to be this because you want to say I'm putting like this here. I was a convicted felon. I could have easily played that victim role and oh man, white man trying to hold me down and want to be successful this side of third was just like, what what good would that do you, Q? What good would that do you? You pretty much got two daggone choices. Be productive or be a leech. Which one you want to be? I chose to be productive. And here I am now. Yeah, no, and I'd say you're you're more productive than you know anybody. You know, ha- half the people we probably know, you're more productive than them, especially doing the current job you're in. And listen, I do what I do to get the job done. Um, I will admit, and this, again, this is not me bragging. This is me making a statement of actual fact because it's true. I do a lot of work before the sun goes up before more than a lot of people do before the sun goes down. You know what I mean? And again, that's not bragging. I'm just stating the truth. Like 85 to 90% of my days, I'm starting between 2 and 4 uh, a.m. You know, like it is rare that I wake up after the sun rises. It is rare. You know what I mean? Like you normally I'm up. Like I said, you know, don't know what sounds like. I consider 5 a.m. to be sleeping in now. I really oh, yeah. do. Yeah. 5 a.m. is like, like, yeah, it's like this morning. I woke up at 5 and was like, wow, I get to sleep in. Okay, cool. Bet. <laughs> it's a, it's a t- yeah, I get a really feeling of anxiety. When I wake up and I can see the sun through the curtains of the truck, like, yeah, I'll get like, like I get like I failed. I, I, I actually had that conversation with a kid who was on my who was on a couple episodes ago, my buddy Dom, I had mentioned, I was like, yeah, I'm sleeping in tomorrow. He's like, 5.30 a.m. sleeping in for you? I was like, oh, yeah, 5, 5.30 is definitely sleeping in. I was like, if, if I'm setting my alarm anytime after 5, it's considered sleeping in at this point because most of the time, my yeah, my alarm's set between 3 and 3.30 because I get up, oh, got to get a coffee. Yeah, get up, oh. get coffee, stretch. Those are the best and, days. And, and, and listen, some, some days, you know, you're setting, setting your alarm clock for, you know, Midnight, twelve thirty, and you're doing some overnight trucking. You know what I mean? Which I'm not gonna. I used to hate it. Now, I mean, I ain't saying I love it, but I, I also don't hate it because less traffic, 
less people on the road. By the time you finish, 9, 10 o'clock in the morning, truck shops are usually emptied out, and you can find you uh, um, a spot to uh, sleep at, you know, an actual decent, safe spot. Yeah, that's that's the name of the game. My trainer taught me that, like, when I first started at, at Pam, and that's why I, like, I'd like to get rolling between 3 and 4, so that way I'm shutting down mid-afternoon. So I can get a spot too. I've driven nights a few times. Yeah, that, that's the perk of driving nights. Shut, being able to shut down at like between 8 and 10. Yeah, you're always going to find a spot. No matter where you go, you don't have to worry about it. And yeah, there's less traffic. So where, where do you primarily run? Like, so you go all over. You're, you're straight OTR. I go I, yep, straight OTR. I will say our bread and butter is going to be um, northeast and um, midwest. And then everything else. Um, yeah, I would say Northeast, then Midwest, then Texas for me because uh, I'm one of the few hazmat drivers that they have. Then going out west to, uh, to Cali, NoCal or SoCal. Then the, uh, the Pacific Northwest. And then lastly, the, uh, the uh, Southeast, like Florida and whatnot. Which, can we speak on Florida? Because I mean, you know, it is hard to get free 70s, man. Like, you break going into Florida, coming out, good luck. Good luck. Oh, yeah. You, you, you had broken up a little bit, but yeah, basically you're, t- you're talking about something I've brought up a lot. You're saying, so, yeah, going down to Florida, really good, really good, but co- going out is horrible. So, actually, if you don't mind, are you paid percentage or are you paid by the mile? I'm paid by the mile, baby. So more miles, more oh, okay. money. That's why I'm driving like a madman. Yeah, no, that I, I didn't know because you had mentioned about the freight coming out, but you you must get a lot of deadhead because anytime I've gone to Florida, the only way out is basically you have you got to drive to Savannah. You know what? Yeah, um, I would say of all the times I've been, uh, all the times I've uh, delivered to Florida, and I say that's at least thirty times. I would say maybe twice I actually picked up a backhaul in Florida. Every other time I'm either going back up to uh, Atlanta or uh, going westbound to uh, Alabama or something. But, yeah, it, I, I don't know what it is. I mean, apparently they don't build shit in Florida. I don't know. Uh, or or maybe, maybe if you're doing reefer, you can pick up some oranges or something, but if you don't drive in a flatbed, good luck. Yeah, you're you're fucked. Yeah, dur- if the only time it's good is produce season. Other than that, yeah, Florida consumes. But you you mentioned you go to the north, you go to the northeast a lot. Yeah, I had noticed on Twitter you were up in Connecticut. So you get up to Connecticut uh, often. It looks like up to the northeast. Yeah, um, I, I've been up there. Uh, I've actually been to Maine, but it's been a while, like years since I've been up there. But uh, yeah, um, I would go to, uh, to Hartford, Connecticut, um, a bunch of times up there, you know. Oh yeah, and get, yeah, go UConn. We're finally back in the Final Four. But yeah, Connecticut. Man, <laughs> my buddy is mad because y'all beat Gonzaga, which is um, his team and everything. But it's I don't even follow basketball, but but I know it's been a it's been a weird March Madness. Like then everybody's bracket is busted. Because there's no more number one teams, and that's like the first time that's happened since they started. 
it's March Madness that there's no number one uh, seed in the Elite Eight, which is crazy. Yeah, it's a, yeah. They're the uh, UConn in the Elite Eight was the only team to have ever won a national championship too. Yeah, it was definitely a crazy March uh, for sure. Uh, UConn's all Connecticut's got though, so you got to be. We got to be proud. We got to definitely got to be proud of something. But when you're when you're up in Connecticut, I mean, if you're looking for a place to park, let me know. I got some hiding spots. My my dad has a spot that you could park at if you ever get stuck. So, oh, most know. definitely, you got yeah, it, so, man. Thank you. Yeah, you let me know. But um, yeah, we we've been ripping for a little while. Anything like I said, you you keep saying not to brag, and personally, one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on was to 100% brag because. Your, you know, your, your, yeah, your story is your story is uh, is uncommon. And, uh, you know, what's you know, the most attractive shit out there is uncommon people doing uncommon shit. And, you know, with how trucking's basically saved your life, brought you up, made you take extreme ownership of yourself. You know, that's that's uncommon shit, man. Not, not a lot of people are doing that. Man, I mean, I appreciate you saying that, but I'm just humble, grateful and appreciative of where I'm at right now because. I have hit rock bottom more than a few times. So I'm not about to sit here and be, and be cocky about anything that I do. I'm just going to say if I can turn my life around, anybody can, because I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed at all. It can be done. And I ain't saying, you know, shit going to be easy. It may down like suck. Do it anyway. Do it anyway. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it can be done, you know. What I mean, like, like I, I've been, you know, <laughs> I remember, yeah, back in what was that 90, 97, so damn broke, so damn poor. I actually asked a homeless dude if he had any spare change to give me because I was short for like 47 cents to get on the bus. That was not a good feeling, and even worse feeling. He had it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, he, he looked at me he's like, motherfucker, you asking me for spare change? Damn. And, like, gave me a $20 bill. I almost threw up. I was like, you how you got money and I don't? And I got three damn jobs now. Like, what the hell? Like, yeah. To go from that to where I'm at now, pretty good. It's pretty daggone good, you know? No longer sleeping on couches and floors. Not uh, no longer eating like you know a toddler, you know. Uh, I'm making in a week, but I never made in a month. Like like this year, the year before I started truck driving, I made seventeen thousand dollars gross, not net, and that was with nine jobs for that year. I made thirty-two in my first year, and I have continuously gone up in income. Every single year since, you know. Yeah, and that's yeah, man. You 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 can't write better stories than that. And that at the end of the day, it's it has everything to do with your personal beliefs. You know that what you put in your Twitter bio. You know personal responsibility. Like this is all done by your own hand, by your own decisions. I'm sure. Obviously, people helped you along the way, but without Dude, you, I'll be damned. Yeah. I would be damned if I wanted somebody else control my life for every game because I, I fully admit there was, you know, a time of my life I was out of control. Somebody else is telling me when they get up, when I go to bed, when I could, 
be in the house, when I couldn't be in the house, when I could, they couldn't eat because it was their food. You know what I'm saying? That was uh, not good, man. Not good at all, you know? And I'm just like, you got to do better. You got to do better, okay? Like, this is just not fun. You're basically his property, you know what I'm saying? Like, I do better. So, right. I did and I have, you know? Because, again, if you're not responsible for yourself, what good are you? What good are you? I mean, let's be honest about it. If, you, if you're not in control of your own life, what good are you? You know, so take it from that approach. Yeah, think. Yeah, think about. That's the, probably the best way to think about it. Is if you're, yeah, if you're not able to bring yourself out of these situations, then what good are, yeah, what good are you for those around you and for the rest of the world, man? That's yeah. Uh, and also, while while we're on that same brand, it's like if you don't believe it, how you gonna get somebody else to believe it? You know what I mean? It's like. If you don't think that you can make it, well, you're not going to convince anybody else either. So you have to start with you got to believe it too. Mindset. Uh huh. Okay. So yeah, it's yeah. um, it, it starts there. Mindset over everything. Like you got to believe it deep down in your heart that you can make it, or that you are attractive, or that you are smart. Because again, if you don't believe it, how are you going to convince somebody else to believe it? You know what I mean? Yeah, man, it's it like, you know, no matter what people say, uh, life is just like any sales job. That's why sales experience is kind of important for some, for some people because, yeah, if it, like I could never sell something that I don't believe in if I don't believe in that product. So how are you going to sell yourself to whatever you want to do job wise, business wise? If you can't even if you're not if you can't even believe in yourself, then you're never going to be able to sell anything. You know, it's boiler room. It's, it's just like that movie. Have you seen that one? Oh, Boiler Room? Yeah, that's yeah. one of my favorite movies. Yeah, with Ben Affleck. Same here. Yeah. Yes, yes. I was working at MCI uh, uh, selling uh, landlines over the phone. We used to watch that movie constantly, you know what I'm saying? And uh, he's like, yeah, you know, contrary to popular belief, a sell is made on every call. It's just a matter of who's going to get it. Either I'm going to sell you my product or you're going to sell me the reason why you don't want it. But that's a sell made on every call. Who's going to get it? I'm just like, He's right. He's yeah. right. That yeah, that shit applies to life. Yeah, that's one of Ben Affleck's like fucking top roles. He said, yeah, he's a fucking animal in that movie. I, yeah, that movie's top top tier. It was like I'm pretty sure it was based on the Wolf of Wall Street. Like before, like a lot of the truth about Wolf of Wall Street came out. I think that's what it was like loosely based on. Boiler Room was okay. uh, was that shit. I at least that's as far as I know. Yeah, that shit came out in fucking like 2002. I think. Yeah, had Vin Diesel yeah, man. in it. Yep, yep, yep. Vin Diesel was yeah. in there before he before he became all fashion and furious and shit. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, no, actually, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, man. I freaking that movie was badass. Absolutely. Uh, uh, uh. Mm-hmm. Hey, man, uh, yeah. You break. You broke up. A little. You're breaking up a little bit. You broke up. You're breaking up a little bit. What'd you say? 
Oh, it, uh, but to me, like when the person takes the phone call, he's like, hold on, I'm going to open up the door so she can hear my floor. And they're like, ah! And then one guy just yells out, oh my God, I'm going to come! Like, what yeah. the fuck? <laughs> oh, that shit gets me every fucking time. <laughs> yeah, that yeah the scene yeah the scene where he's like yeah my my floor is blowing up my floor is blowing up yeah because everybody's selling that stock and he just yeah he, op- he opens the door I, yeah I love that scene you broke you broke up a little bit you came back and saying it that shit is hilarious like wow what the yeah that's fuck? Like, that's what's going on at the TQL uh, brokerage uh, the boy that's what they hey. do <laughs> hey you know what's crazy is I actually follow. A guy who was a um, a stockbroker in Chicago during the um, uh, the late '80s, early '90s. He loves that movie, and he's just like, dude, it was just like that, but worse. But we're, and, and at least in Chicago, it was like that. Boy, he said, third day on the floor, he saw somebody get stabbed. You know, I'm saying of a fucking argument with stocks and shit. <laughs> oh man, I don't, I don't, I don't doubt that shit though. That's probably how fucking intense it was. Yeah, man. He, he, he said uh, apparently uh, somebody had like put in uh, the wrong digits somewhere, and it cost the other guy like four hundred grand. And uh, yeah, dude, dude left the building with a couple more uh, holes in his body. Oh my goodness. Well, yeah, Chicago. You never, you never know out there, fucking. They can get pretty cutthroat. <laughs> literally, literally cutthroat. Ah, yeah. ah. Legit cutthroat. So where where are you shut where are you shutting down at today? Man, I have no idea. I'm um almost to Nebraska. I mean, I'm almost through Nebraska. I'm gonna uh, I have enough hours now. I'm at least gonna get uh through Iowa. Uh, once I get into Illinois, pick them. Uh. There's a Sat Brothers exit 72 in uh, Illinois on I-80. If the traffic's good, I can make it there. If not, I'll uh, find a rest area or 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 uh, or loads or something. You know? Yeah. No. Fuck yeah. I was I was just in Illinois. I was just up in Mount Vernon, but I don't think you're crossing that way. I think Mount Vernon's right off. It's I think that's technically 64, but you're staying on 80 basically. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've got deliveries. Uh, at the Whole Foods in Chicago, uh, U-Haul in Forest Park, um, some Hazman in Bensonville, and then uh, empty out in Fort Wayne. Hopefully before 3 a.m. I mean uh, before 3 p.m. Um, tomorrow. If not, they open up Tuesday, 8 a.m. Now we got a backhaul again in Fort Wayne. Basically, if I can be leaving. Fort Wayne by no later than let's say one o'clock um, Tuesday afternoon. I can be sitting pretty back in Denver, uh, let's say um, Tuesday afternoon or something. Oh, okay, sick. Now that works. Yeah, so, yeah you, you're pushing. So you're you're moving. So you have one dry van trailer and you've got four stops on it. Yes, and that's not even a record. I do what's called. LTL freight, you know what I mean? So, oh, so uh, you're, yeah, you're doing LTL. Yeah. Now, sometimes, you know, it might be the whole truck load going somewhere. 
a lot of times it is multiple stops. No, that's not a bad gig, especially if you're doing by the mile. I feel like doing LTL, you could probably cover more ground sometimes because yeah. when it's just you know when it's just one load going to one place, you know you're restricted on a lot of a lot of the miles. But LTL, you could probably cover more miles like that. I like it. A lot but, of miles, um, twenty five dollars per drop. You know, which is not too shabby. Yeah, that's tar- that's tarp pay for some for some guys who do flatbed. Some of them it's uh, twenty five to tarp, twenty five to take the tarp off. Yep. Now, so you're, um, you've mentioned, so you're in a relationship, you said, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I was, I wanted, only because I did an episode recently with a, with a woman who, whose, uh, you know, boyfriend works in the oil field. And I think it's always important to, you know, bring that up because I'm married as well. So how do, how do you guys make it work? How's, uh, how's that schedule ride? Right? Because I'm sure there's some drivers or people thinking about it and that's a factor. Yeah. Um, you know what? I mean, I think my, my um my situation may be an outlier because you know I'm just gonna go ahead and spill the beans because I did it on another podcast. She's my dispatcher. <laughs> <laughs> She's my dispatcher, so she gets it. Yeah, I'm gonna be on the road for you know a while and everything. She's okay with that. Now for you know for other couples in relationship, both of y'all need to have it good in your head. Like, listen, if we want to keep up our current we're living in our lifestyle, I'm going to have to be on the road. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, and I'm not talking with just, you know, a week. You know, you're going to have to be out for weeks at a time. And I know for some companies, your major ones, you get one day off for every one week on the road. So if you want a week off, you're going to have to do seven weeks uh, straight. That's not every company, obviously, but they're out there. Make sure your partner is okay with that before you take that job. And for God's sakes, do not, under any circumstances, get on the road after you've had an argument with your with your partner or your spouse because that alone time sitting in your truck wondering what the hell she's doing, what the hell he's doing, it can wear on you. I've heard some stories. You know, yeah, so man. make sure make sure that you guys are you know, locked in, dialed in before you get back on that road. No, that shit's really important. Yeah, people need to – sometimes people get into it. They think it's going to be okay. They can make a schedule. But, you know, it's going to be two, three weeks at a clip. You make it work. I mean, I'm lucky. Like I said, I I didn't go home because I had a wedding to go to, but my wife flew to that wedding. So it's just – unless you're both – that's the thing. Relationships take work as it is, but if you're going to be trucking and in a relationship – guess what? You're going to have to work. Like there, there is no relying on each other. Like it takes levels of independence from both parties and then it takes working together. Like you got to be like, you can't have some, you can't be in a relationship with somebody. If you're a trucker and you're married to somebody, you know, they need to be, they need to be independent uh, of themselves. They can't rely on you that you need, they need to be their own person because if they're just relying yes. on you, you know, to, to be around, then yeah, that relationships, it was doomed to fail from the start. And that's just, really how it is but no that's good yep. yeah just, that's another thing but like when it comes to a lot of industries and jobs like when it comes to trucking though you're lucky like i tell you what yeah you got a diamond in the rough like you're with a dispatcher she knows the she knows the deal yeah she knows what you're doing yeah she, it's uh-huh. not there's no unknowns yeah and she told me find out look here man this because we're dating and doing a hanky panky don't mean i'm gonna take it easy on you i'm gonna pimp your ass out i'm like yes ma'am <laughs> <laughs> Yes, ma'am. Run me here, run me there. 
Let me come back for like, you know, a couple of days or something like that. We can go on Lovey Debbie and then get back to it. I have no problem with that at all. Yeah, no, hell yeah, man. I, I loved it. That's that's good. That's good advice too. Another thing you do on Twitter, which I'm a big fan of because I'm all about, you know, the get getting after it stuff. Where did the push-up thing come from? You're always posting videos of you doing push-ups. You know, know what? Where... I'll admit, it's been a couple weeks. I have no excuses. I can say, oh, man, it's because I've been running this and running that. I've, I have a case of the yips. You know what I'm saying? I'm hoping I can restart it at some point um, this week. Where did it come from? It came from me trying to tie my damn shoes a year and a half ago, and they're passed the hell out at my buddy's farm. It came from me walking from my friend's truck up the stairs to his um, to his front door and damn near passing out. Basically, I wanted to get you know in better shape, get in better health, and look better naked. That's pretty much it. You know what I mean? And um, it started, yeah, uh, January 1st of um, of uh, last year. I'm, 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 I'm up in the mountains in Colorado. I have my friend's Jack farm and everything. And it hit midnight. I was not sober. I didn't a little bit. And uh, the thought came to me, hey, get your fat ass up and do five pushes right now, fat boy. So I got up and hurt like hell. I did them. I'm like, okay, um, hard part's over. You know, you can do it. Keep doing it. So five became 10, 10 became 20. Now, you know, when I do do them, I'm up to 100 push-ups um, a day. And I've incorporated cardio. I was doing uh, kettlebell training, but then I remember, like, you were always strong. It was just your cardio that sucked. So, again, when I do the cardio, it's a minimum of half a mile walking. I'm not running or jogging because, well, my knees would call me the N-word if I tried that shit. But I can walk. I can walk for half a mile. You know what I mean? So, yeah, um, when I get on it, minimum half a mile and 100 push-ups um, a day. And uh, thankfully, people have stopped breaking my balls, you know what I'm saying, about exercising. Because on my previous account, listen, bro, the amount of, of grown men I had tweeting at me in all caps, those aren't real push-ups. They almost ain't like this. And you're like, like, shut up. Okay. The haters. Like, yeah, I'm like, there are variations of push-ups, first and foremost. Secondly, um, would you rather not do anything? Just sit on the couch and eat potato chips and go, what was me? Like, I'm doing something. Slow motion is better than no motion, you know? The shit talkers are doing nothing, and that's why they're talking shit. That's why they stop, because anytime somebody would test, I was just like, but since I'm doing it wrong, and you know so much, post a video of you doing push-ups. Silence. Nothing yeah. but Silence. Uh huh. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. You know, so they may still come around every once in a while. I don't pay them any mind. I give them one chance. Post yourself doing it or leave me the hell alone. Or if you're sure that she's about losing weight, I'm just like, yeah, whatever. Go away. Go away. Go away. Go away. 
No, yeah, they always silence the hater. Yeah, when it comes to internet haters, like there's a, especially drivers, why especially when it's other drivers, drivers always do more miles. They always make more money than you. Yeah, and then when you when you when you call them out on it, yeah, they go silent. But I could tell you when it comes, you're doing actually the right thing. Like especially walking. Like yeah, people think you need to run and like I, I you know, and I've done you know I've ran a couple marathons and stuff, but like I don't tell people like you don't have to do this. Like what? Like I just do it just to let people know like hey you can. But at the end of the day, yeah, if you just want to better yourself and drop some weight, all you need to do is walk. Like walking Dude, is key. Hey, literally, is uh, what is it? Anywhere between 35 to 40 laps up and down your truck and trailer, that's going to get you half a mile right there. It takes my big ass, what, 20, 22 minutes? So somebody smaller than me can probably do that in like 15 minutes or something like that. And I mean, like I've actually tracked the distance. On this uh, on this Nike Run Club uh, app and everything, uh, yeah, like anywhere between thirty uh, to forty laps up and down. Like, like you you start at your driver's seat, around to the end of the trailer, come back to your driver's seat. That's one lap. You do that thirty-five to forty times, depending on how fast you're walking. That's gonna get you at minimum half a mile if you're walking fast. Like some days, I've clocked in at. 0.63 miles, 0.68 miles, you know what I mean? So start there, 20 minutes, 20 yeah. minutes. Now I, now, now, I say that as I haven't did it in about a couple weeks, I really need to get back on that. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to really attempt to get up uh, tomorrow morning and like, look, it's 20 minutes. Get your fat ass out there and do them. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Yeah, um, it's all mental, without a doubt. Yeah, yeah it, really, it really is all mental. You just have to start and continue. I, I lost about a good 40, 50 pounds uh, last year. I'm right around 410 right now. My goal is to get to 350 by the last week of December before I take off to Florida with Baby Girl again. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really motivated to do that. Oh, dude. We're we're gonna get we're gonna get you there without we're we're definitely gonna get you there. I, I'm here for you too. I'm gonna help you out, man. I'm gonna we fucking uh, listen, we're gonna be motivating each other. Uh, you know, and now that I know that the hotel that me and my baby girl go to has at least a treadmill, okay, I I, I can definitely get on the treadmill, bang out about forty five minutes or something like that, and uh, keep it moving, you know. Dude, that's that's where it's at. I'm glad I'm glad you mentioned that with the truck. So doing drive in too. I tell guys like even at waiting at these warehouses, they keep you sitting for two, three hours. I'm walking just up and down the truck, just doing, just doing that because I'm gonna be scrolling on my phone talking shit anyways. So whenever I've been waiting at a receiver, shipper, receiver, I'll just get out of the truck and walk up and down. And that's yeah, you could do that while you're waiting. You might as well because it's not like they're gonna go anywhere faster. I have definitely done that at a warehouse when I've got back into a dock. And I know that I'm gonna be there for a moment. I will walk up and down that trailer. I do. Uh, I I do my push-ups off off the steps of my truck and everything. And uh, yeah, you can definitely do that. And yeah, some people might stare or sniff at them. Who cares? Who cares? You know what I'm saying? It's your life, not theirs. Live it to the fullest, baby. Oh yeah, the staring always comes. I, I get stared, honked at. Anytime I'm coming back from a jog, I got my fucking yellow vest on. There's always yeah, some old ass dude who's honking because he's pulling in. 
yeah, you just got to know, like I said, do uncommon people doing uncommon shit. Oh, I have some dude who damn near made me look small, which is a feat in and of itself, trying to tell me that, you know, I'm, that I, that I'm freaking doing it wrong. Like, well, can you show me how to do a real push up? I don't have time for the art, man. I just want you to just like, yeah, that's what I thought, Tiny. That's what I thought. The nerve. Mind you, he's telling me this, you know what I'm saying, with a big old one liter of, of uh, Dr. Pepper in one hand and a freaking double cheese. I'm the one doing it wrong. Okay, there, Sparky. Okay, whatever you say, big man. Whatever. Yep, you that's, say. that's exactly what. Like, yeah, it's that those are the exact people who are the ones always talking shit. It's the ones who uh, somebody tell, like I said, I heard this phrase once, you know, pe people who are doing better than you, they're not even thinking about you. But the people who are talking shit, they're they're nowhere near close to being as high being on your level. Boom. Without it, without, Say it again without for it the people in the cheap seats. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because there's a lot of them. There's people who are paying attention and they know and they're saying once because that's like that's the thing. There's this term out there. There's people out there who call me a tryhard, and I know what that. And what's crazy is I used to call people a tryhard too, and that's back. And this is years ago, and the people who I called tryhards are people I was just jealous of. You know, that's, that is a tryhard. A tryhard. Somebody you know when you know, basically like. You know, like say you're, you know, you're on the internet, like the content, like I produce a lot of fitness content, you know, on TikTok and shit. And like, I'm always, you know, I'm yelling and screaming. Or, you know, there's people who think that I'm like a tryhard. I'm being overtly, um, you know, I'm being like too open about like what I'm trying to do, like especially health and fitness wise, like a tryhard is a, like, it's almost like a, it's almost like the, the goody two shoes of like self-improvement, I guess. I, I don't know. That's the best way to describe it. And it's like, I would call people a tryhard too. Like, like a tryhard's almost like a quote, like a practice hero. Somebody who's like, you know, um, taking practice too seriously. Like they take themselves too seriously is basically the insult. But really it's just jealousy because that person is probably working harder than you. You know what? I mean, now that I know what it means, I'd rather be a tryhard than a don't try or a never try. You know what I mean? For yeah, real, then it, then it's then like do I may, yeah. yeah, I may not be doing much. I'm doing better than the motherfucker sitting on the couch eating potatoes and ripping off long rips and binge watching Matlock and everything. I'm doing, I'm doing more than they are. So that's a start. <laughs> that's a exactly. start. No, fuck yeah. That's yeah. That is a start, and it's a, that's that's what it's fucking all about, man. But uh, hey, we we've been ripping for a little while now. Is there any anything else you wanted to lay it down before before I let you go? Uh, let's see, man. Because I yeah, because I, mean, I can go. I could I because trust me, I could talk. You know, like I said, I parked at a same same. So, so I mean, uh, I mean honestly, I, I was just you know tell people, man, listen, live your life how you want to. Some people are gonna hate on you regardless of what you do. No matter how successful you are, what you've gained or accomplished, some of us just gonna hate. Let them. They ain't you and you ain't them. Live your life the way that you want to. Love yourself. Take care of your health. Take care of your wealth. Take care of those you deem worthy of your love. The rest of these sons of bitches, eh. You know what I mean? So just do you. Be okay. You know? Get money and drink water. Do that. <laughs> 
Get get money and drink water, man. I I don't think there's there's really a better, uh, a, probably a better place to end it right there. Get, get drink water and get money. Yeah, that's that might be a fucking new slogan, new slogan of mine. Right on top of it. So are are you um, you're not are you you're gonna be at Matt's or no Mid America Truck Show? Or are you gonna be? I want right here. You know what? I've never been to a truck show because what well, I'm 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 just on the road. You know what I mean? And no, and no, honestly. No respect to those those truckers at a truck show. It just yeah, uh, those trucks are too pretty. You know what I'm saying? Like my truck is an extension of me, dirty, grimy, ugly, but it gets the job done. All those pretty little trucks, man, that's cool and everything. I mean, I wouldn't mind having a show truck once I stopped working, but yeah, I mean, I'll be, I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd rather be getting some money because because again, it 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 falls back. Onto what I was doing before my previous life, you know, I, I I didn't plan for you know my older years, so now I gotta make up for lost time and miss stuff like Mid American Truck Show, Mid American Truck Show because I gotta get this money up, you know, what I'm saying to to make up for lost time where where I should have been, you know, getting the money in my younger years. So it is what it is. Yeah, no, it, it is. I'll be my truck. I mean, I'll be there with my truck, and I'm gonna be in the the. I'll be in the scumbag lot where I belong with the with the regular trucks as well. I definitely the won't be near the show trucks. Lot. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> but yeah, I'll be put. I'll be parked there. But yeah, I just didn't know if you're gonna come by because uh, I always want to let people know, like for for the people who are listening, especially if they made it here. Uh, where can they where can they find you uh, online? Where can they find your content? Okay, your Instagram. I you know what. Technically speaking, yes, but I haven't posted anything since my first year of trucking. It's literally one post, a picture of me eating ass. So you can find me on Twitter. I'm only on Twitter. I at not a BBW lover. That's where I'm at. I ain't on Facebook uh, or you know Instagram or anything. Like I said, I'm on Instagram, but I don't use it. If you want to engage with me. I'm on Twitter at not a BBW lover. Sorry in advance, because my timeline is a Greco Roman clusterfuck. And I can't put that any other way. It's just uh whoo, all over the place. Yeah, I'm I'm not gonna lie. If you follow at your own risk, like I said, I, I yeah. think it's the I think it's some of the greatest content the internet has to offer. Some like your Twitter is basically what keeps me on that fucking platform because a lot of the shit makes me want to fucking kill myself. But like, yeah, when, yeah, you know, yeah. when, it, when I run down like a Twitter thread that you're engaged with, it'll just absolutely change, change my whole day. But yeah, if you're if you're one who is like very who loves political correctness and like e- is easily offended then just stay the Go fuck somewhere away. else. Yeah, Go somewhere else. Because the thing, one, one thing about my timeline and me in general, it's genuine. This is not an act. OK, I've actually met people off of Twitter in real life. I actually just met one of the. Homies yesterday, they'll tell you I'm the same person on the timeline that I am in real life. I haven't said anything on Twitter that I wouldn't say to a motherfucker face. Consequences be damned. You know, this is this is not an act. What you see is what you get. Nah, I fucking I fucking love that. And uh, we're gonna talk offline because we're we're gonna cross paths. We're gonna have a get a push up video going real soon. Okay. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta see where you're at because I'm all, I'm all around the country too. So we definitely gotta, gotta link up one of these days soon. But you guys know where to find them. 
at not a BBW lover. You know where to find me at Lombard, <laughs> Lombard Trucking. And hey, let them know one last time. What get money and drink water? What that's gonna be the sign off. You know what? Yes, get money, drink water. I got that slogan from a battle rapper uh, who made T-shirts. Get money and drink water. I'm just like, you know what? That's simple and you know, right to the point. Get money, drink water. That's it. Get money, drink water. I would, uh, if I if I want to add an addendum, you know, don't be an asshole. Or at least try to be less of an asshole. But get money, drink water. There you go. There you go. That's it. We're gonna sign off here. Get money. Drink water. Thanks for listening, everybody. Peace.